Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast, free agency edition. I'm joined by Justin Bruni today. How you doing, my man? Doing good, doing good. Happy Sunday. Another week closer. Here we go. Yep, we are down another week in the offseason. The NFL draft is approaching. Free agency has been going on all week. So today we will be diving in to the all the free agency moves and the fantasy implications, you know, like, like usual on Sunday, you know, I'm running on fumes after my bar. This, you know, this is my, uh, this is my Saturday, my, my version of Saturday after a long bartending week. So my hair is always a little bit crazy, but I'm ready to roll here. Uh, but before we do just want to give a quick shout out to WinBet. the SGPN fantasy football podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Mich- uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same day parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. All right, with that, we'll dive into the free agency stuff, get into it right away. The first name I have up here is is not even an official move yet. <laughs> I have I have Aaron Rodgers almost traded to the New York Jets. It, it seems like it's inevitable at this point after, you know, as as we were talking about before, almost like the second version of the decision. Uh, you know, <laughs> what is what are your some of your what are your thoughts on this? You know, what, you know, how do you feel about the Jets offense? Maybe you what do you how do you feel about Jordan Love uh, going forward with the Packers as well? Uh, uh. Not a big Jordan Love fan. Haven't haven't been for some time. Was never a big advocate of him, uh, especially when he came into the league early on. We were seeing some uh, training camp videos. He couldn't make like lateral passes. You know, a couple of those videos. Aaron Rodgers kind of coaching him up a little bit. So I definitely have stock down for the Packers side of this potential move that is you know yet to be completed yet. Uh, once Aaron Rodgers does leave, I expect, you know, stock down for those rece- uh, receivers and Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes. Uh, we saw Robert Tunyon come to the Bears, so obviously they have even a bigger hole uh, to fill now at tight end. We had discussed that on some previous episodes as well. Um, same thing for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I'm just not a fan of, you know, how that offense is going to look and wh- how I feel it's going to operate with a underperforming quarterback. Uh, and then you look at the Jet side of things and feels like everything should be uh, wheels up, stocks up. Garrett Wilson, I feel like, is going to stay where he's at. He's kind of going in that like 12, or uh, excuse me, wide receiver 12 to 15 range, depending on your drafts, your preferability, who you're drafting with, et cetera. I think that's going to stay pretty similar. Alan Lazard potentially coming over to the Jets, as, or he did just come over to the Jets as well now, um, going to be you know moving right alongside with Aaron Rodgers. feel like it's a pretty unilateral move just based on the potential type of volume that we're going to see from him. There's still going to be some mouths to feed in this offense, including, like I said, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. You're going to have Brees Hall there. And maybe they're not done shopping either. You know, we saw that list that Aaron Rodgers came out with that he says he didn't put together. <laughs> okay, whatever, bud. Um, OBJ was on the list. I know a couple of his former tight ends potentially. So there may still be another move or two to be made here where you still see some shifts maybe at that you know, wide receiver position. But I think we have to feel really good about Brees Hall, Michael Carter, as the running backs there, um, Aaron Rodgers, running backs, and Nathaniel Hackett, they have a pretty good record together. So it should be, you know, stocks up, wheels up for the the Jet side of the th- out of things here, and maybe not so much for the Packers. Yeah, you know, I agreed with a lot of that. You know, I think this was a general move down for the Packers offense. I think Christian Watson could have a hard time returning on that mid-wide receiver too. ADP with Jordan Love as his quarterback, he'll have some big games, but I just feel like there, there could be a few, but few and bar between. And we saw how Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon struggled last year with even Aaron Rodgers back there. So you mm-hmm. see the offense taking a downgrade. 
less plays, less scoring opportunities. That's not good for running backs either. You know, what's yeah. really intriguing, you know, I, of course I love this for Garrett Wilson. You know, I think this is, you know, puts him in wide receiver run, puts him in firmly maybe in wide receiver run range, that back end of it, uh, maybe towards mm -hmm. like 10 to 12. But, you know, I think it, what, the, what I'm really interested to see is how it shakes out between Elijah Moore and Alan Lazard. I think, you know, I think the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers is going to play out here. And I think he, I think you'll see Alan, to fantasy manager's disappointment, I think you'll see Alan Lazard out there, two wide receiver sets as opposed to Elijah Moore. What do you think? I agree with that. Yeah, Elijah Moore, definitely a bigger loser on this deal. If Rodgers wasn't so adamant about bringing in his entourage, maybe that wouldn't be the case. But with more mouths to feed coming in, Alan Lazard already there. It's going to be an uphill battle for Elijah Moore until you get an injury domino to fall. You know, you know, one of these one of these key assets goes down. Maybe he can get a little bit of a bump. But I expect him to start off the year in like redraft leagues on on waiver wire and in dynasty. He should be a, a sell candidate right now for certain. Yeah, and you know, and if people are taking that, you know, if people have forgotten about Lazard, and yeah, absolutely. If if there's thinking that this is a time to buy Elijah Moore, I would actually be capitalizing on the positive Aaron Rodgers news. Next mm -hmm. up, I have Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints. You know, this is a big, another big quarterback move. And when quarterbacks move, it kind of shakes up the whole, you know, everything on the offense. So, right. Derek Carr inserted the offense. Michael Thomas has his contract restructured, essentially guaranteeing he's back in New Orleans in 2023. Mm -hmm. I'm a uh, lackluster on, you know, I think that New Orleans does have a, a nice looking offense, especially if, you know, if, Kamara, if Kamara can play the bulk of the season, doesn't end up with the suspension. You have a lot of pieces to work with. I'm not sure how it works out for fantasy, though. You know, Derek Carr, you know, I have the numbers here. He's exceeded 25 touchdown passes just once, 6-2016. He's mm -hmm. produced more than one fantasy-relevant receiver once, or, you know, it was bad, not since 2016 with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. So, you know, I just don't I just don't know what the upside is, you know, especially you know, my biggest concern is that Olave is not going to be able to live up to his top 15 wide receiver ADP if Thomas and, and Kamara are both in the lineup. You know, of course, mm -hmm. Thomas, you know, you might be able to assume he's going to get hurt at this point. Unfortunately, Kamara maybe looked likely to be suspended, but I just don't know if all of them are out. Because I feel like we're counting on that to get to his, his ADP. What do you think about that? I think the the situation in New Orleans is uh, not going to have any rhyme or reason. You had mentioned a few names in Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. They also signed Jamal Williams. They've, they've also uh, brought back Juwan Johnson. They're also talking about potentially bringing in Foster Moreau. He visited with them, very familiar with Derek Carr, to their time together with the Raiders. They also have Taysom Hill, who is going to run the ball. I don't think that there is going to be a big fantasy winner out of this collection of players in New Orleans because they're putting together a pretty good football team. Let's, I, I don't think we can really argue that. Once some injuries you know, come into play, maybe Michael Thomas, maybe a suspension from Alvin Kamara, you have you know, more fruitful opportunities. But until those details roll in or you see a big change from an injury, you're not going to really have any, any way to predicate who's going to be you know, the ball dominator on this team. Um, so I feel like there's going to be a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's going to be a lot of hands touching the ball this year for New Orleans. And you want to get all these guys at value. There's not one single player that I'm willing to reach on in this offense. And we didn't even bring up Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid. He was a great performer for them down the stretch last year. I believe that he's going to have a role in the offense. So that's that's just my general takeaway from this team. All the moves that they're making, they're great for football. They're maybe not so great for fantasy because we love Olave. We love the Michael Thomas ADP. 
We love the uh, the Alvin Kamara ADP right now. Even Jamal Williams, I've been able to do some very friendly best ball stacking of those two in the later rounds with a zero RB approach. But again, there's just not enough information to say like who's going to be you know the big ball dominator on this team, who's going to have the most or best fantasy season. So still more details to come here. Uh, but again, these are great moves for uh, for their club as as a football team. Just going to be tough to read the tea leaves for fantasy. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, if, as far as getting it in, into the race for this division, I think, you know, they, they probably are the favorites to win this division. They should be. But, yeah, they should be. So, you know, if I don't know how much that actually means. And, you know, the NFC is actually pretty wide open. All the good quarterbacks yeah. went over to the AFC side. So, yep. you know, maybe they can make a little bit of noise here. You know, you touched on Jawan Johnson. You know, he's kind of carried by that seven-game stretch by seven touchdowns in there. You know, didn't finish mm -hmm. higher than tight end 19 in any of those other games. So, you know, I'm not, right. you know, I, I saw, you know, I think he's more of that boom bust tight end two still, especially with the change at quarterback. You never know how that's mm -hmm. going to work out. Um, well, yeah, you know, I just, if, if you have Juwan Johnson, Taysom Hill, let's say they do add a guy like Foster Morrow, that's three boomer bust tight ends all in one team, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed. You know, Michael Thomas, when he's out there, is just, you know, I see him as very dependable, you know, kind of that safeguard, you know, target for Derek Carr right in that sh in the short game there. So yeah. I think he will get a lot of easy targets. You know, it could put a stranglehold on the targets that Chris Olave actually ends up getting. So, you know, I just worry that he might be a little bit boom and bust, might not get the target volume necessary to be that top perennial or, you know, that consistent top 15 receiver this year. But Mm -hmm. We will see what happens. I still love Chris Olave and Dynasty Leagues in the town. Honestly, I could see this team not finishing with a thousand yard receiver. You know, I I I I don't know about that. You know, I do think that uh he will get there. I tend to think that he does end up uh finishing in that range. You know, I, Who, I probably uh, Olave? Yeah, Olave. You know, I would okay. project maybe eleven hundred, twelve hundred yards. I haven't gotten in deep into that yet, but I would still mm -hmm. think he gets there. You know, I I still have, have him right on that cusp. I think I have him at wide receiver 15 right now in my rankings, mm -hmm. even with all the, all the recent signings. But just those pushing him into that wide receiver one range, I would much prefer Garrett Wilson. I know that's been a conversation online recently, and I would prefer right. you know if I was going to sell one of them right now on a on a kind of a positive stretch of news, it would be Chris Olave for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because like like we said, there's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of mouths to feed here. Like there could be a week where there could be stretches where he goes off and is a wide receiver one in four straight weeks and then is a wide receiver four or later in the next four. Again, it's a Derek Carr led offense. You know, there's there's not going to be much uh, consistency, I think, from our experiences uh, that we've had with him in, in prior years. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, I'm like, I'm hoping for Derek Carr to, you know, be able to, you know, produce for this offense here. And hopefully we see Thomas finally get healthy. You know how much I love Thomas last year in underdog yeah. drafts. And I don't, and I don't yeah. know if I'll be able to resist him again at the wide receiver five range. We'll see about that before we dive into Derek. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I've had to temper my expectations as well. I wanted Michael Thomas on a new team and that's why I was bulking up a, a, a best ball shares of him on underdog. This is a, this is a downgrade as far as long-term value for me, in my opinion. I, I had a lot of Thomas and Lazard last year in my best ball mm -hmm. leagues, and I feel like I was right in theory. It just it just didn't end up working out for me, unfortunately. But before we dive into the Darren Waller news, I just want to give one more quick shout out to our friends over at WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. 
And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Next up, I have Darren Waller traded to the Oakland Raiders. You know, obviously, Darren Waller is extremely talented, very athletic. Giants. You know, it's the Giants, so it's wide, it's wide open offense. You know, it's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has never been a prolific passer, but, you know, we saw what he did last year with limited wide receiver weapons. This could, you know, I think this could end up being a great move for Darren Waller if he can stay healthy. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for him. Um, I do. I don't know if he will ever get back to where he was in 2019. But, you know, can he be in the same conversation as Dallas Goddard and George Kittle this year as kind of that tight end five to seven range? I, I think he's, he could be right in there. You know, he's he's at tight end seven for me right behind those guys because of the injury concerns. But if he can stay healthy, I think he has a lot of upside in that offense. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I think five to seven is a pretty good range for him. I think that there could be some pretty big weeks, but I also expect some some lows as well. So just temper your expectations when looking to draft him, whether it be redraft or dynasty. Um, Long term, I don't think that he's going to be a great option there because I just feel like they're going to constantly be kind of um, you know, bringing in talent. I still think that they're weak at receiver given the moves that they have made. They brought in Paris Campbell. Eh, I like it. I'm a Paris Campbell fan. But what happens to Paris Campbell every year? Gets hurt. Sterling Shepard. They liked him a lot. They brought him back again. What does he do every year? He, he, he tends to get hurt. Uh, they brought back Darius Slayton. He, again, is also very familiar with the team. So where Waller kind of sets in with the targets that are around him right now, I think it's a pretty good situation for this upcoming season. But I don't know if it's a move that I love long term. I think that they'll just continue to bring in fresh faces at receiver and pass catcher. And I'm not a Dan Jones guy. Trash, trash QB. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that, that's harsh this morning. My goodness. Those are harsh Trash words. QB. Trash oh, QB. Man. I don't know if to tell you, man. I thought he looked a good. lot better. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I'm always hesitant to take these one-year kind of wonders. You know what I mean? And I think, mm -hmm. you know, he but, but what he was able to do last year, cutting down on the turnovers and the interceptions while playing with, you know, Isaiah Hodgins and yeah. Richie James. Yeah. And yeah. Darius Brian Dable turned him back into a running back. Smart guy. Smart guy. <laughs> I, I, and that, you know, and that worked for him. And for fantasy purposes, as long as he's out there, you know, mm -hmm. he, he had over 700 rushing yards last year. As long as he's out there, you know, that puts him in a good spot. You know, he's probably going to produce low end quarterback one numbers, you know, and if he takes a step forward as a passer this year with better weapons, you know, maybe, maybe that turns into top seven, top eight mm -hmm. numbers here. The, um, the only better weapon I think they have is Darren Waller. That that's, that's it. And I don't think that that's like a big co-assignment of like, you know, confidence. So it's saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, Dan Jones to the moon. Yeah, they got Darren Waller now. He's going to be great. They pretty much brought back the same receivers that they've had or something similar. They like the wow. idea of Par of Paris Campbell is, is great, but let's see it before we, you know, we, we think it's a home run move. Paris Campbell had some games last year. Wandale Robinson, you know, likely will be nursing, mm -hmm. coming back to health the first half of the season. Could see him having a very good second half of the season. Very explosive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And I, they, I think they're certainly a candidate to add a receiver in the draft this year, too. I think they're, yeah, like True. you said, they're probably just going to keep adding. Darren Waller, I like him in redraft this year. Not someone I'm targeting in Dynasty Leagues over this. Yeah, you know, I, I typically am a big ageist in Dynasty Leagues. So that 30, mm -hmm. that 30 number or 29 even, always a big no-go for me. So that's yeah. always my feelings on it. So we'll give see me, what uh, happens. Give me Kate Otten or Greg Dolchich like eight rounds later. Like, I'll be fine. Yeah, I, I agree with that in Dynasty League. Absolutely. 
Next up, you know, this is just, we'll touch on this briefly. Uh, Washington commander signed Jacoby Brissett. I, I think, you know, this is, this is not, you know, obviously if you had Sam Howell and we're thinking, you know, your sell high opportunity was before because, you know, J- Jacoby Brissett, not a prolific passer, eighth best QBR last season. I think mm-hmm. he is likely a better NFL quarterback at this point. than Sam Howell, I don't mm-hmm. know if, I don't see him being the quarterback in 2024, but I think Jacoby Brissett, as things stand currently, certainly could be a candidate for the just to be the starter in 2023 as a bridge gap. I have them. I just did a mock where I had them taking Hendon Hooker as well in the second round. You know, maybe they let him mm. sit on the bench for a season. You know, how mm. are you feeling? You know, what do you think about you know Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, how this fits for them too? Honestly, I I, I read the tea leaves completely differently. I saw okay. a completely different future. I I saw this signing as like, all right, it's the Sam Howell show. Oh, it's, okay. it's it's Jacoby Brissett. This isn't someone that comes in and threatens your job. He's the guy that comes in and literally keeps the seat warm while you're away for year after year after year of not even being allowed to play. I mean, okay. like, Jacoby Brissett was perfectly fine for the Browns, but he was holding someone else's place. This is what he does. I think he'll be a good backup. I think I, that Sam Howell has some nice legs to him. I think he's going to be able to add a little bit more to his game. As long as he can check all the boxes for pushing the ball downfield a bit, I think he's going to be just fine in this offense. If you're telling me it's a competition between Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett and nobody else, I'll take Sam Howell. You had a third party in there, we got a conversation because you, you throw in a wild card, whether it be like a, another veteran or a rookie, maybe then we can have a conversation. But I think between those two alone, I think that Sam Howell's mobility will keep him ahead of Jacoby Brissett. Maybe Jacoby Brissett's you know, fluidity, experiencing in the NFL, and just a, maybe a little bit better passing accuracy might keep him in the race. But week one, I'm I'm giving the nod to Sam Howell. Okay, you know, I fear you know I fear that Jacoby Brissett is holding the clipboard for a quarterback in the 24 class. That's you know it, it, the quarterback that he's holding that sure. clipboard for is not on the team yet. So I just don't know. I just I don't have usually a lot of faith in fifth round. Uh, draft cut you know even when they mm-hmm. even when they flash i just you know they don't they don't have any job security you know despite anything despite you know the washington commanders drafting this guy you know he doesn't have any like loyalty you know from ron rivera or anything like that and ron rivera will be trying well, rivera to keep brought him in ron rivera yeah, well, brought him in. well i know i'm just saying just in the fact that you know the draft capital of a fifth round quarterback you don't have mm-hmm. like a lot of loyalty oh. you know you're, you're not R- so Rivera's been very public about that. If he dies, he dies. If if, uh, if a veteran comes in and takes the job, they take the that, job. That's a, Sorry, that's a, um, so, but you know he's also playing. He's also coaching for his job this year. And so I, you sure. know, if Sam Howell struggles, you know, I think that the leash could also be short, even if he ends up being the starter. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I just what what this means for Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, another last year of kind of middle end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two production. I just don't see where Terry McLaurin can have a break, you know, if it didn't happen for him these last couple of years, I just don't know if he has, a, you know, in that range to be a consistent top 15 receiver, top 18 receiver. So probably yeah. fitting back into that low end wide receiver two range. I, I trust Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I, I feel like the biggest issue with this offense has been not getting the ball to their playmakers, not getting the ball in McLaurin's hands, not getting the ball uh, to Gibson or, or Brian Robinson with like, you know, some nuance, some strategy. Like it, it always felt like, you know, the wrong guy was touching the ball at the wrong time. Like, you know, you're getting Brian Robinson a screen when it should have been Antonio Gibson. You're, you know, giving Gibson, uh, you know, an upgut when it would, should have been Brian Robinson, whatever. I feel like he's going to even things out on the offense. I think that he's going to prioritize getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. And 
that's why I, I like Sam Howell. I think that he's his potential, you know, running attributes will keep him on the field a little bit longer and maybe add another layer to the playbook that the NFL won't necessarily be ready for or be as prepared for. And you see a little bit of that flash, a little bit of that takeoff. You know, I see like if, if we're talking like like big like best case scenario for Sam Howell, I see him as like mm -hmm. a Baker, you know, maybe a little bit more athletic like Baker Mayfield. You know, I do think he has more okay. threat ability than Baker Mayfield, but kind of in that similar mm -hmm. passing structure. Sure, sure. Next next up, I have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers to the mm -hmm. Oakland Raiders. You know, I like this a lot. I like this, you know, I like this a bit more actually without Darren Waller now. I thought it was a little bit crowded before. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, despite playing with all of the fantastic skill position players that Sam, uh, San Francisco 49ers have had, and George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, mm -hmm. even Christian McCaffrey a, a little bit last season, I believe. I think they played a little bit together. Uh, you know, it just hasn't, you know, it hasn't materialized more than like low end quarterback two numbers. Uh, you know, he has, he's been below 30 pass attempts in each of the last two seasons. I just, you know, I just don't see, you know, this offense being, you know, prolific. I just don't know if he'll be, a, I love Devonte Adams. I think he's going to be a target hog. I think we did see him also have, I believe eight games below uh wide receiver 20 last year. I, had, I don't have that exact number written down for me either way, a little bit inconsistent year from Devonte Adams. I think you could see some of that again this season. Jacoby Myers, not overly athletic, you know, should easily, you know, I like him a lot more now that Darren Waller's gone, you know, I, but I do think that that upside is capped at kind of low end wide receiver three, mid tier wide receiver three, just due to the fact that it is Garoppolo leading the team, not a ton of pass attempts as well. Josh Jacobs should get a ton of volume. So my, my reaction for fantasy purposes is a little bit middling here. I think this is actually mm -hmm. good news for Josh Jacobs though, because I think, you know, they showed him he's going to get, they showed him, their willingness to give him work last season, I think that will be the case this year as well. Yeah, I have Josh Jacobs as the biggest winner in these moves. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I don't love it. I'm sorry. Like, great, great move for football. I think it's great to have that depth at wide receiver. But then they wound up trading Darren Waller. You're losing a little bit of overall depth. You know, that's and like you said, that's good for fantasy. But, you know. It still feels just kind of eh, like what are these guys yeah. doing? You know, like I, I don't really love these moves uh, from a like a GM perspective. You know, loading up on Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro, they could have probably brought back Matt Collins on the cheap. Um, and for J Jacoby Myers, I feel like it's just a complete unilateral move. You know, going from the team in the Patriots that just paid <laughs> the receiver that they got in return almost exactly the same amount. Weird. Mac Jones to Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Ramondre to Josh Jacobs. Obviously, you have better receivers around you and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, but how much are they really going to help you out? Um, yeah, the only guys that I really want to draft in this team right now uh, and redraft are Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and I still want to get both of them at very good value. Um, <laughs> man, I have a dynasty team that wound up having Jimmy Garoppolo and all three of these receivers. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't think I make week one with all of them on the roster, mm -hmm. so definitely going to get creative on how i how i cut those up but i was looking at that this morning i was like oh this team has renfro myers adams and oh, you'll get somebody <laughs> you'll get somebody out of there to produce <laughs> yeah maybe maybe um myers or renfro for a pick or i i don't i have no idea what i'm going to do with that one maybe i should just go target josh jacobs i'll just bring yeah just line. get the whole just, get the whole team together absolutely right for horsestead at tight end let's ride yeah, <laughs> stacking is becoming a huge thing fantasy football so that that would that would be an internet team that would that would have get some twitter likes for sure yeah absolutely
but so yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Don't don't love all the moves for fantasy purposes, but do love Josh Jacobs next year. Philadelphia Eagles sign running back Rashad Penny up next. This is another move other people were really excited about that I wasn't quite uh, didn't have that reaction to. Rashad yeah. Penny, I mean, he has upside, but uh, you know, all those rushing stats, the Philadelphia Eagles, fantastic offensive line, you know, the, their number one rushing stat, that's all included with Jalen Hurts. So what's left for the run, running back? You know, there's there's certainly we saw Miles Sanders succeed for most of last season up until the fantasy playoffs and the NFL playoffs. However, you know, expectations should be somewhat tempered. You know, Rashad Penny obviously has been struggling with injuries for years. You know, maybe this is the best case scenario for him because, you know, he'll be kind of maybe the second running back behind Jalen Hurts, essentially. You know, you have Kenneth Gainwell taking some work as well. So, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, you know, I, I, he's not he's not entering my top 30 running backs, I don't think, or anything. Maybe he's right on that cusp. But, yeah, low-end RB3 for me, I just don't know how many times a game the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be willing to take the ball out of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard's hand. Jalen Hurts is going to be taking rushing work. So, like I said, I, I won't be shoving him up any, anywhere near my RB2 ranks or anything like that. But there is some upside. How do you think? How do you feel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's low expectations for Rashad Penny this year. And I think that's that's going to be the theme of this season is that you don't expect a lot of them. But there could be some weeks where he really goes off. You're not drafting him with any priority if you are it means that you've already drafted uh kenneth gainwell you know i was actually able to pick up in a dynasty league boston scott and rashad penny off of waivers and who did i already have on my roster kenneth gainwell i don't think that i just found some cheat code to fantasy football but if i'm going to own one of these guys that's really the preferred situation like i want to have all of them so that i can just throw out who's ever the hottest who is ever there left over after an injury, you know, who is just whoever's trending, whatever it is, right? So I don't have any priority at drafting any of those guys, but if you do, try to draft a second or even potentially the third. I think that Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, honestly, probably will have the majority of the red zone usage. Like Boston Scott has been trusted with that goal line work, and that's not to mean that he's going to be this year's Jamal Williams because Jalen Hurts also takes looks at the goal line. It's just going to make it harder for defenses to figure them out, you know, figure out when Hurts is taking the ball, when one of these, I don't want to call them scrubs, but they're just, they're all like 1B to Jalen Hurts' run game. That's what it feels like. Um, and unless they go out and they really make a commitment to like another running back in the draft, I feel like that's the situation to handle for all three of these guys. Yeah, not somebody, not not an ex backfield I'm excited about, particularly yeah. for fantasy purposes, Slot, you know. It's a, it's a true committee like Philadelphia usually rolls with. Mm -hmm. Next up, I have doo, 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 I have Paris Campbell. Now we already touched we already touched on that a bit. Next up, I have David Montgomery. David Montgomery. So, yes, the the violinist playing for DeAndre Swift fantasy managers, which is me. I have DeAndre Swift in a lot of fantasy leagues. Yes, go and play it. Um, it's unfortunate. It appears. DeAndre Swift is once again destined not to receive a full workload. David Montgomery did receive a fairly substantial contract, you know, which suggests he's going to get that kind of early rushing work, just like Jamal Williams got last year. I don't expect him to get 15 touchdowns within the five-yard line like Jamal Williams got last year. So mm -hmm. my expectations are a little bit tempered. He's more of an RB3 for me. DeAndre Swift in PPR leagues I see as a low-end RB2. We've seen him succeed in this role before, you know, as minimal rushing work, you know, sub maybe 10, 12 rush attempts a game and receive seven rate targets. 
he's you know he's he's been successful in that role before but you know is he ever going to receive to get to that rb1 potential like we envisioned when we drafted him years ago and especially in dynasty leagues probably not you know I, I see you know him getting that work but it's going to be a little bit boom and bust like ppr running backs like pass catching running backs tend to do mm-hmm. so I, I i don't love this for fantasy purposes but detroit offense should be high flying this year you know i yeah, if you're a Detroit fan, I think this is wheels up for sure. Yeah, I think if you're a, a Lions fan, you feel good about this move. You have really good depth at running back. Not that they didn't have it last year, but David Montgomery, you know, he's got name value. He's got statistical value. People know him. People like him. I think that, you know, if you're a fan, you're like, woohoo, they did something right. Um, I just don't think there, that there will be any, you know, predictability. Who's going to be the guy any particular week? I like drafting Montgomery over Swift because you're getting him at a cheaper ADP. And of the two, if there was an injury, he's going to be the one that goes at a cheaper cost and still has likelihood to be an RB1 if there was more touches available. It goes the same way for Swift. If Monty gets hurt, then Swift should be an RB1 candidate for those weeks that Monty uh, is out, right? But he's going to be at a higher ADP cost, and I don't want to really overcommit to either of these guys. I just don't think that the situation really relishes for fantasy football. Good football move, not so great for fantasy. Yeah. There's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense all of a sudden. You know, you have Jared yeah. Goff, you have Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Jameson Williams on either side, David mm-hmm. Montgomery, DeAndre Swift back there. That, you and, know, that offense. No one ever week. has anything nice to say about those receivers behind uh, Williams, but Jared Goff does. He's always throwing Reynolds and Khalif Raymond the ball. So don't be surprised if those guys, you know, continue to ruin your fantasy experience. I think. You know, this offense should be high flying. I think they'll have multiple fantasy relevant targets. It just might be the running backs might be a boom, boom or bust. I do like Amon Ross St. Brown again this year. I think Jamison Williams could open up a lot for Amon Ross St. Brown, in fact. So we'll yep. see. Jamison Williams is interesting depending on where you're getting him in drafts. Uh, yeah, Detroit offense, though. Yeah, yeah, but happy to see him turn it around. Jared Goff, actually, Jared Goff might be the, you know, is looking good. You know, maybe top 15 quarterback potentially right on that cusp. I don't have anything bad to say about Jared Goff. People aren't really high on him. I mean, I get the school bus adjective or school bus driver adjectives or, or comparisons do it do his uh, time with the Rams and the Sean McVay era. St- still threw for five thousand yards. Sean McVay can t- point what direction to throw. Dude's still got to throw the ball. You know what I mean? So I think he's been underrated for a while. Yeah, one of the uh, playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, and that's one. What's one of his biz- biggest critiques is when he's getting pressured, mm-hmm. his ability to handle that, and that shouldn't be a problem this season. Before sure we help. dive into Samahe Pirine uh, playing for the Denver Broncos next season, just want to give mm-hmm. a quick shout out to our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. We are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action especially if you are your bracket is busted after day one, which happened to a lot of people. My Kansas Jayhawks lost yesterday, unfortunately. Um, Underdog has your favorite college basketball player props too. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, and we are back. Uh, you know, that that is actually, you know, if you were watching it live or if you're consuming it on YouTube or something like that, that's a fun little just uh, insertion we do at the podcast. And I'm working on my timing. Me and Justin were a little bit off on that timing there. <laughs> that's from uh, Wayne's World. I, I, you know, if you can't tell from the basement, but I actually watched Wayne's World for the first time in a while yesterday with my wife and she had never seen it. So it was oh, absolutely fantastic. It's but a great that, movie. Is that there's that scene where they're trying to like do the cues like, all right, these are the cues. So you go five, 
four, three. And then they have to go through the whole thing about not talking, not mouthing <laughs> it, not bouncing up and down while they're doing it. <laughs> oh gosh. See that that's me. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm always just like, Oh, you know, I have to like touch touching my chin or something like that. I always just like, Oh, I got, I have to, like actively keep my hands down here. Like, I feel bad for the the Spotify listeners because they have no idea what I just did with my hands, but that's all right. Just go watch (laughs) Wings World. Party on. Wait, there you go. Party on. That's one of my favorite movies, too. Uh, But next, what what did I have up here next? What did I say? Oh, yeah. Samaje Samaje. Samaje, Samaje, Samaje P. Ryan to the Denver Broncos. You know, I actually like this move. He had good some production. He, he, yeah, he had, he was fan, he had some good fantasy production in the playoffs and towards the end of last year. Actually, out snapped Joe Mixon in some playoff games. Javante Williams could be not ready for Week One. Could be nursing back from injury. Mm. This offense should be much improved. We've seen what Sean Payton's done with running backs in the past. I think he could have some top twenty running back value to start the season. How do you feel? Yeah, I think he's a great value right now where he's going in uh, potential startup drafts, best ball, et cetera. Oh, what a great late round best ball target now that yeah. I speak of it. I'm, I'm just like wanting to go draft him right now. Um, yeah, the value is going to be there. We've seen what Peyton can do with with multiple running backs, even when they're healthy. Saw a top 10 finish for both Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram one year. And th- just what he does in general, just there's, there's always a way that he's going to scheme up his guys. So it makes me very excited for Samaje P. Ryan. I had a couple of other running back names, you know, circled going there, maybe a little bit higher profile, like a Miles Sanders. But I think this is a very underrated move that will be fruitful, not only for the Broncos on the field, but also for us in fantasy football. I do believe that even with Javante healthy, he can have a role where he's getting at least 10 to 12 touches a game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and even if Javante Williams is ready week one, yeah, going to be nursing back to health, probably not going to mm-hmm. be himself the first, at least the first half of next season. You know, it's, it's not it's, like they're going to give him 25 touches the first four weeks. Absolutely. He might never get there in 2023, actually, just because, you know, he did, uh, he mm-hmm. had substantial damage, you know, just outside the ACL, you know, it's kind of like a JK Dobbins esque injury. There was extra damage. Right. So th- that takes a little bit longer in the recovery. And that's just the best way to protect your quarterback and move the needle for Russell Wilson. Move the ball on the ground, eat some clock, stay on the field longer. You know, just take a little bit more pressure off of him. And I think uh, that's exactly what Samaj P. Ryan in the run game will do. Agreed. You know, I'm a big Javante Williams believer. I was an underdog last year, and my theory was mm-hmm. right. He had all he had targets last year. Javante Williams. <laughs> that's why I want to argue with Andrew. He had targets. Like I was right. He just got hurt. And the offense yeah. was a disaster. So I, those are two things I didn't I, anticipate last I, I year. I liked him a lot last year because I was never in on Russ. So if Russ ain't putting the ball down the field, <laughs> it's check baby, check baby one, two. So w- yeah, wish I mean, it lasted I, longer. <laughs> I, I expect the offense to be a lot better this season. So if Javante Same. Williams was healthy, he'd be, a, he'd be a big running back in my rankings. But sadly, he'll be nursing back to health. Miles Sanders up next, Carolina Panthers. Got a big deal, four-year deal. Like th- th- I think he got th- thirteen million guaranteed, which is a lot for a running back. Mm-hmm. So he obviously will be a substantial part of their plans. You know, I was just pointing out um, over on Twitter in the first thirteen games, he was a top twenty-four running back nine times, played over fifty percent of the snaps in every game. In the final seven games, including the playoffs, he played below forty percent of the snaps five times and averaged six point seven nine fantasy points per game, which was heavily carried by actually just one performance in the in the playoffs. Actually, where he mm-hmm. played had a nice game, out snapped by Kenny Gainwell in the playoffs. So, but he's been very good when he's been on the field, and I think he could have a big role this year in a very 
you know, they didn't set this offense up well for whoever's going to be the quarterback <laughs> at Stroud and uh, Young. You know what I mean? They stripped it bare. There's no picks to really cover the wide receivers. There's no free yeah. agents to sign. And yeah, and the, the offensive line is solid, but Miles Sanders is really like, what? What do we? Their top targets are Shy Smith and Terrace Marshall right now. Is that right? No, uh, no respect to Lavisca, huh? Oh, Lavisca Chanel. I knew I was forgetting somebody. I mean, but seriously, I, uh... that that's that's not good either, though. No, I hear you. I picked up Shy Smith yesterday. I dropped uh, Thomas Brady, Thomas Malcolm Brady. I don't even know who that is. Tom Brady? You don't know oh, who Tom oh, Brady Tom, is? oh, I'm sorry. I thought I see. I've already forgotten about Tom. He's not even yeah, a fantasy no. football player anymore. I, I caught some slack for that. Someone said I uh, I veto that waiver because <laughs> because I, I dropped Tom Brady for Shy Smith. I was like, yeah, I get it, but you know, it's inevitable, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the Panthers keep hosting receivers. They keep letting receivers come in to visit. They keep letting them leave. I don't know how if they know how negotiations work, but when you have them in the building, don't let them leave. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Alan Lazard has been through there. I think DJ Shark has gone through there. The only person that stayed is Andy Dalton. <laughs> like that's a problem. That's not good. Believe me, as a Bears fan, a couple years ago, you know, waking up free agency morning like it's Christmas. You know what I mean? And you open up your gift and you get Andy Dalton. Man, that's a bummer. I'm sorry, Carolina. That sucks. I've been there, done that. Not great. Um, I don't know what to expect from this team. Miles Sanders may very well be, you know, getting 250 touches this season. I have no idea. I, I Are they going to run the ball a lot? Are they going to try to get a receiver? You and I are expecting them to draft Stroud. So having Miles Sanders and Chubba Hubbard behind him, I think is a good thing. But the offensive line isn't great. They don't have anyone to catch the ball other than Hayden Hurst. You had mentioned the other ones, you know, Shai Smith. Um, Terrace Marshall, not a big Terrace Marshall guy, but he had some moments last season. Mm -hmm. So the offense is going to be really tricky. Sanders, I feel like could be the focus of it. I, I really do. It sounds like they're probably going to add another running back still. Deuce Staley, uh, their running back coach, assistant team coach. He has been very committed, mm -hmm. at least verbally and in the public about, you know, running the ball with at least two to three guys. So they may not be done. This may be a team that just gets another running back and says, Hey, we're going to put the ball on the ground. You're never going to know who we're going to pass to because we don't even know what receivers are going to be playing every week. So, I don't know. They may just be packing it in, settling up for another top five pick for next year, but they need help for sure. But right now, Miles Sanders doesn't look too bad on that team because who else is going to touch the ball? Yeah, D DJ Moore was not somebody. They should have They should have found any way not to give up DJ Moore in this trade. I think that will hinder the Oh, I know. I know you're a Bears fan. Hey, congratulations. You, you've Thank definitely, you're looking Thank good. You. Free agency, the draft, it's, that's all coming together for the Bears. Uh, see, that that was not something I would have I would have wanted to give up. You know, that's going to hinder the development of their rookie quarterback a little bit. But yeah, this is great news for Miles Sanders. Yeah, I think he will, could, I mean, where, where are these touches going to go if it's not Miles Sanders? He's by far the best skill position player. I think it also makes, makes Chubba Hubbard a buy candidate too. I think like like in Dynasty, I think Chubba Hubbard should be looked at on the low. I, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to have to pay up a lot for him, you know. But now with Dante Foreman also with the Bears, they don't have another guy there yet. I mean, if you if if they go through the NFL draft and they don't draft someone with priority in the first three rounds at running back, I think the Hubbard cost is just going to go up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, Miles Sanders hasn't taken on a heavy workload his entire career, so – Chubba Hubbard likely is going to get a substantial amount of work. You know, I, I, speaking of, you know, Deontay Foreman real quick, it just reminded me, I just loved when I heard yesterday when he, when people were telling him, he, how, uh, how, you know, you're going to be the backup to Cleo Herbert. He's like, I didn't hear no bell. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Love the dog yeah. in him. Love yeah, the dog like, in him. Well, that wasn't a literal quote I put above it, but his his actual quote was saying that he, you know, he he doesn't view himself as a backup running back. Oh, and he, you know, he's here to compete. That's lame. You, know? you got me with uh, the punchline. Oh no, but that that that's that was his that, that you know, and that's yeah, his interpretation of it. So I got you. you know? I got you. No, if he had said that, like, oh, let's ride. Monsters are back in the midway. Let's go. So he's so DeAndre Foreman wants to come in and take that job from Khalil Herbert last year. So uh, the next year, so Khalil Herbert's on notice. It's, well, just just for everyone's personal sake, this is going to be very similar to the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, like yeah, we also brought in Travis Homer, i.e. <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> that's that's what that move is right there, pal. And Justin Fields is going to get a lot of work too. So, yep, that's ne- right. Next up, you know, this is my compare, you know, how I describe this move is, is, you know, the Dolphins aren't aren't spending a lot on the car. So they decide, you know, they got a deal on the car. So they're going to spend a lot on insurance. Mike White. Absolutely. Love it. You know, yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, what, what I take away from this is, you know, that Jalen Waddle, I think this gives him a little bit of, and Tyreek Hill gives him a little bit of a safer floor. Oh, absolutely. Two, a thousand percent. Yeah. Two, you know, two a missing time was kind of, was very detrimental, especially to Jalen Waddle last year. Mike White's a very good backup quarterback, you know, c- capable of coming in, giving mm-hmm. these guys some fantasy, you know, keeping these guys fantasy relevant, e- e- relevant, even when two is not out there. So that, that's what I liked in this move. No, it's, it's a home run move at a thousand percent. I couldn't think of anyone better to back up to it, to be perfectly honest with you. He's got the height. He's got the big arm. I mean, he's he's practically two Tua's. I mean, he can see down much much farther downfield than Tua can, just based on his height and his vision. So yeah. I love this move. Mike White versus Teddy Bridgewater versus Skylar Thompson. It's not even close. And especially especially in best ball drafts, you should feel a lot better about taking Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle now. Like you had said, their floors are going to be much safer. And yeah, they're going to get open downfield and actually, you know, the ball's going to make it to them. It's a great move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, hopefully Tuba stays healthy this season. But, you know, as we've seen, it's been a risk so far. So, this, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, this definitely is a good move for Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. If you if you own Tua in Dynasty, don't be bashful about making a move for Mike White for a handcuff. Because, I, I mean, we've seen weird stuff happen. And the Dolphins, I don't care what they say. To me, in my opinion, in my observation of their way of handling Tua when he was potentially on the move or when they had the potential to bring someone in, he's not their guy. Like I don't, I, I don't care what they say, what they do. He, what I've seen from them. I mean, even just eleven days ago, there were rumors that Tom Brady was going to come out of retirement to play for Miami. Rumors, I get it, but rumors have to come from somewhere. It's not like just someone just made it up. You know what I mean? So I just don't see them being overly committed to him long term. And it's not that I think that he has a short leash. I think that he has a short injury leash, right? The minest, minutest little thing happens to him. He's going to be off the field because the Dolphins don't want to be caught in a bad PR scheme because that's what it felt like it was for a really long time. They were giving no information on it. We have no idea when he's going to be out of concussion protocol. And then randomly one day when there's like no news cycle, hey, two is fine. He's out of, he's out of concussion protocol. And yeah, I mean, of course, and. It, he is a little bit volatile, but just be due to the fact that if he gets another concussion this year, you know, it'll be taught retirement will come, you know, the retire, you know, it's, whether he retires yeah. or not, if they'll talk like his value in fantasy football will crater because there will be retirement talk. Exactly. You could easily trade a fourth or fifth round pick for Mike White right now. I don't think that's, that's crazy to get done. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he's somebody who's hard to get a one for one deal done with. I think, you know, just because, you know, it's it's, you know, is somebody going to take a, a fourth round pick? Maybe, maybe not necessarily with the new new news that he's signing with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But 
if you're working out another deal and you see Mike White on the roster, is any is there anybody, you know. you know, especially if you have any value, is anybody like, hey, I want Mike White, we got a deal. Like every, everyone will say yes. Like, sure, let's get this deal done. Yeah, take Mike yeah, White. Ex- that's fine. Exactly. So that's a good move in Superflex Leagues. Next up, New England Patriots signed wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. So, you know, I I I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. If if uh, Juju Smith Schuster had 933 yards last year, but only finished as a top 30 receiver, fantasy receiver five times. If that was in a wide open Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes, what's going to happen in a little bit more crowded New England offense with Mac Jones? You know, May he I, rest I in peace. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what dude was thinking. It's a, it's a good contract. Don't yeah, get money, me wrong. Money, he's getting paid. He doesn't, you know. He's yeah, not, don't get me wrong. He's not, he's not here for fantasy stats. But wouldn't the Giants have paid him more? Like I, like I, I, I just don't understand this. Like I feel like there's teams that are hungrier at the position that would have given you a better contract and more priority in the offense. It's it's exactly similar to the Jacoby Myers move. Like it, they're almost mirroring each other and they're swapping places practically. Like I don't understand it. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like if you, it's it's like being a relief pitcher. It's like why be a starter when I can play less? If I touch the ball less and a less, you know, passing offense, and I still get paid like the rest of these guys, then great. Cool. I don't know if anybody else was giving him what he got in New England, actually. You know, that was a bigger contract than I think he than he was expected to get, that $12 million a year. You know, I think he I think a lot of people actually expected him to get kind of back in maybe seven, eight million dollars, I thought, kind of back into where what he got last year, just not a highly valued possession yeah. slot well, receiver. He got, he got 10 on a one-year deal from KC. No, well, that, I mean, that was when he maximized on all every incentive that he had. He he oh, that okay. ba- that base deal was only like three. <laughs> that base deal was only three million bucks. Did, and he got do you remember, He got a Super Bowl incentive. He got his yards okay. incentives. He just hit. He just hit on literally every incentive. Gotcha, he could have gotcha, 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 gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, understood. So he, he had a, he had a fairly he signed a really cheap deal with the Kansas City Chiefs last year actually, but ended up good for him getting all of his money on that deal. So. I just I I think I don't know if he was getting twelve million dollars from any other team, but yeah, I mean he doesn't care about fantasy, so he signed with the New England Patriots. Happy to get that bag, and, and but yes, for fantasy value, I think this is this is rest in peace for sure. Yeah, and it's not easy going to work for Bill. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Bill's it's, not going to like those TikTok videos. Dude, he's not going to like a lot of stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so good good luck to Juju in New England. Uh, Tampa yeah. Bay signed quarterback Baker Mayfield. You know, I love I like this for Baker. You know, if you're us, you know, is he, does he have low end super flex upside now? Yeah, is it could be a, end up being a top twenty, top eighteen quarterback in fantasy leagues just because of the offense around him. Possible. I don't know if it's likely considering Tom Brady struggled a little bit last year, but you know they they did get a uh, they did try to fix up. You know, they got a new offensive coordinator and everything. So we'll see what happens for Tampa Bay this year. I don't love it for the receivers. You know, Rashad White might be the biggest. Uh, you know gainer here in the rankings just because they are going to be running that ball a lot with Baker Mayfield. Chris Godwin's going to get targets, but Mike Evans, you know, it's hard to see what Mike Evans is going to do this year. Probably maybe falling out to the top 24 receivers for a lot of people because Baker Mayfield's just not a, not a great quarterback. How do you feel? I can see the look on your face already. Uh, I'm not happy about this move. Um, Mike Evans, I don't think he's ever finished lower than wide receiver 22. I want to say this feels like the year it's going to happen. Like, if the roster stays the same as it is today. In my personal opinion, I'll take Kyle Trask or Trash over Baker Mayfield. Like I I'll take Brett, Teddy Bridgewater over Baker Mayfield right now. Like 
Marcus Mariota should be starting for this team. It makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. Uh, I just don't understand the move itself. They could have made this move last year. They could have they could have picked him up on the cheap when he was like pretty much free. You know, when he, when he could have signed him for like a million bucks probably and kept him on the roster. I don't love this for Mike Evans. Chris Godwin probably stays the same, but still takes a hit. Rashad White may be the winner, but I do feel like they're going to go shopping for another running back. Doesn't feel like they're going to move ahead with him as just like the the lead dog, bell cow type of running back. I guess Kate Otten probably makes a little a little bump up too, just because you can't imagine Baker if he is the starter is pushing the ball downfield a lot. Right. So those low ADOT guys and Kate Otten, Chris Godwin, eh, okay. I'll take him at value if I can. But I'm not targeting anyone on this team right now. Not yeah, with so, not with this glaring issue at quarterback. Yeah, and Rashad White's still got to make it through free agency in the rookie class as well. A lot of running yep. backs are going to be available yep. in that third to fifth round range. So next up, Alexander Madison signing back with the Minnesota Vikings. This is slightly significant just because Dalvin they have now Dalvin Cook's contract. He's been talking about being traded. They signed him early because I'm sure Alexander Madison would have asked for a few more dollars if he found out he was going to be the starting running back on that contract. So, right, right. you know, if, if the Vikings now decide to move on from Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, the starting running back, he has a lot of value in my opinion. Now, of course, I do think given the running backs available in that third to fifth round range, I do think it's likely that they bring in somebody to, you know, at least compliment him as well. But, you know, yeah, Alexander Madison could have top 24 running back value, maybe even if he if they didn't bring in anyone at all significant top 15 running back value in that offense, we know Minnesota likes to run the ball, although it's maybe changed a little bit now with Kevin O'Connell as their quarterback, a little bit more passing forward nowadays, but that's still uh, should be a good offense. A lot of touchdowns available. How do you, how do you feel about that move? It's all a bunch of nothing for nothing. I feel okay. like it, we're, we're going to start week one next year, Dalvin cook, Alexander Madison. Okay. Now trades do happen. But it just feels like one of the one of these situations where we get all excited all for nothing. So I'm not really in, overly investing into either of these guys for long term purposes. Um, I do like taking Dalvin Cook at a little bit better value in uh, in best ball formats. I've just never been a big Alexander Madison guy. He's always just been Robin and not the Batman to me. It just feels like he's always been second fiddle. If he was good enough, then he would have gotten more touches. I just, I just felt like he could have been used more if he is what they say he's supposed to be. Um, there's been times where he's definitely passed my eye test, but again, it's just never really with a lot of consistency. Um, yeah, I, I just think that things hold, hold true here with Minnesota. No other big moves. I don't think that there's a big trade market for Dalvin Cook, and I think what the Vikings are probably expecting to get back for him, they won't. Um, if he was moved, then it definitely moves the needle for Madison. But like you said, even if they move Cook, I expect them to do something else to shore up his roster spot, whether it be in the draft, free agency, whatever it is. And I'm with you. The team is definitely more pass-friendly. Pass if Dalvin Cook were to leave, you could actually see them go after more of like a third down passing back. You know, agreed. You know, Alexander Madison has that ability to kind of take that early down workload. Maybe they bring in a pass-catching running back to complement him. One of the, la the last couple moves here, the most recent ones, Mike Jacecki signed with the New England Patriots staying in the division. Mm. I think this is, you know, this is could be interesting. Uh, Mike Jacecki did play, was top three in slot snaps prior to this past season for each mm. of the last three years, and then was just 16th last year as Mike McDaniels was looking for a little bit more of a traditional inline tight end, a la George Kittle from his time at San Francisco 49ers. 
Mike Shecky is not that. He's more of a kind of a tight end wide receiver hybrid, not going to do a lot of blocking, you know, but right. that, you know, Hunter Henry and is going to be that, you know, kind of fill that role next year. You could see Mike Shecky kick a little bit outside, you know, obviously Juju Smith-Schuster's on the team. So, you know, that could be a little bit muddled there. Mm-hmm. However, you know, just due to the athletic ability alone, he always has that low tight end one upside in my opinion. So if you're getting him in the tight end twenties, I do think he's a good value. Yeah, I, I don't hate it if you're getting him that late. I mean, once you're drafting after tight end fifteen, it's it's free money, you know. Like the, the the tight ends going that late, a lot of them don't end up on teams in most redraft leagues. So I, I don't hate it. I also don't love it. Like you had mentioned, he was pretty much just mismanaged in Miami. I think that we could see a similar mismanagement in New England, and not necessarily not necessarily to say that it will be mismanagement. I just feel like the Patriots never load up anybody on any impeccable amount of volume. They'll spread the ball around unless they make some wild move at quarterback, which I've been kind of, you know, behind the curtains pitching. Maybe they, maybe they still get in the race for Lamar Jackson. And that's why they're going shopping for all these weapons because they're also talking about like making a trade for Jerry Judy, like Jerry Judy, D hop. That would be awful. I would be so sad. I love well, Jerry. I it would I be, it, so would be it would be if Mac Jones was the quarterback. But the, like when I'm seeing all of these opportunities that they're looking at, like Hopkins, like Judy, they already brought in Juju, they already brought in Gasecki. I'm thinking to myself, like, well, these aren't quarter or these aren't players that I go shopping for for Mac Jones. These are players oh. I go shopping for for Lamar Jackson. And it feels like they're still in that potential bidding for him, in my opinion. You know, if, if that happened, like, I don't know. If that happened, that would be very, very interesting. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know if that's the case though. Like, I mean, wouldn't you want to elevate Mac Jones? Wouldn't you want to bring in DeAndre Hopkins, for Mac Jones, to make him look as good as possible? You don't care they've, about DeAndre Hopkins' stats. They've talked about tra- they've talked about trading Mac Jones. What I saw from Mac Jones, that would I don't be know. smart. I don't know if that's smart. It, right. It, it would be. I'm, I'm, I'm in that, I'm, in, I'm in that uh, light of thought as well. But again, it's, it's going to be what they actually do. What I saw from Mac Jones last season. They could trade for Devontae Adams and ain't gonna help that much. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's like I don't I don't trust the arm. I think they 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 wasted the pick. Just 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 keeping it simple. Like he's not the guy. No, I don't think so either. Especially if you know if between him and Zap, I can't remember Zap's first name. If it's Zappy, between those Zappy looked just as good, if not better. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if it's a conversation, like, that's not a good sign. Lamar Jackson would be perfect for the Patriots. They love Bill Belichick would love that. Cam Newton, and, like just be able to control the ball, run all the time. Yeah, he would love mm-hmm. that. And he doesn't care about first-round picks. Two first-round picks, take them. I don't I don't care, fine. Although they we'll have be... a little bit. He didn't care back when they were finishing 30 to 32nd all the time. They have a little bit more true. value now. Those... <laughs> That's true. That's true. But they won't have as – they'll have that same type of value if you get Lamar on the team. There's no they, way you're they... picking inside the top 20. Are you – in the AFC, it's tough. It's tough. That's true. That's true. That's a tough division. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, but – I just, you know, I'm thinking the same things you are, though, like Bill Belichick, Lamar Jackson, those type of weapons that we're talking about them adding. I think think you're right. They're probably a playoff team, but it's a conversation because of how deep the AFC is that they're a playoff team. And and specifically their division. Like, their division is really good. If if Aaron Rodgers – oh, man, that would be insane. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, two of the Dolphins. Woo! Mm-hmm. That would be fun for football next year. Uh, we'll, We'll finish up, though, with Brandon Cooks. Uh, being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Like it. So, like it. Yeah, we were talking about this. We like this. You know, Brandon Cooks is coming off slightly down year, but, you know, had six 1,000-yard seasons. I was just looking at 
before the show started. I, my only concern is, you know, it's it's going to be his tenth year in the league. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of this. We've seen players like Allen Robinson. When when you change teams, uh, there's just a couple of factors going against him. He's changing teams. You know that that is a history of, of you know of wide receivers have a history of kind of that not being so great for him. He's going to be 30 years old soon. There's just a lot, or you know, he's already 30 years old. I'm sorry. So mm-hmm. 29, 30. I forgot to look it up, but he's right on that cusp. So he's just an older guy. You know, just a couple things going against him. But this offense is a great position for him. You know, it's Dak Prescott. It's completely wide open after CD Lamb. CD Lamb is going to be taking two cornerbacks with him on every route, likely, or you know, at least mm-hmm. a safety with him too. So, you know, Brandon Cooks, if he's still the same guy, then I think you're right. I think this could end up being a fantastic situation for him. How about you tell me why you like it so much, though? I yeah I'm, I'm with I'm with you. Other than CD Lamb, who is going to touch the ball? Who's going to catch the ball? Right now, it's Tony Pollard. I expect them to draft a running back, maybe a Jameer Gibbs earlier, maybe a Zach Charbonnet a little bit later. Um, but I expect them to uh, address you know the running back situation. But again, even let's say you have two running backs that you really like and you use them a lot. What he's still like the third or fourth best target on the team still. So I think he brings in a lot of experience. I like him a lot more than Michael Gallup. You're going to have to wait another potential year for the Simi Faheko, uh, Devante, Cavante, Cavante Turbin, and uh, Jalen Tolbert potential takeoffs. Like those guys are done. <laughs> like this, this move does not help them whatsoever. Um, uh, also, no, also Noah Brown leaving. Like I think it just makes the group a little bit more well rounded. Gallup does have experience, but I, I mean, you, uh, you and I have had this conversation before. I'm just not high on him whatsoever. Um, they I did restructure this, this his contract. Is- this they is probably the death contract. of his value. This is, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I liked Michael Gallup if, if he somehow made it to the second wide receiver last year, next year, but mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, now nah, it's probably, yeah. probably going to be. And the team's just going to pass first. That's like yeah. that, that's just really the, the nail in the coffin. Like It's a vertical offense. What he's going to do to supplement CeeDee Lamb's role is going to be very ideal. It's going to fit well together, simpatico, if you will, right? So pretty much just playing high-low. Let CeeDee Lamb blow the roof off let Cooks clean up everything underneath and mix in the run game. I love it. All right. You know, we co- I think we covered all the big ones. If I did miss one, I, I apologize. I feel like I missed one. And sometime in the last 48 hours, there was another one that I, I didn't cover. We, uh, we also have to say that Hayden Hurst uh, is rest in peace. He's going down to the Panthers. Had a career <laughs> oh, season. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. touched on that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Hayden Hurst, yeah. yeah not excited about that. Not someone I'm, you know, I'm jumping. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be targeting him in any drafts. It's going to be a rookie quarterback. He might, I guess, could end up being the number. I mean, he could end up getting targets in that offense, I guess. But, you know, it's not going to be great targets. It's going to be low volume. There's not going to be a lot of touchdown yeah. opportunities. Yeah, don't try to sell yourself on it. I like to play devil's advocate with myself. You know, I hear you. I hear around you. both sides of the issue. But all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Justin, you working on anything this week? No, no. Just chilling. This this week, not doing much of anything. Just chilling. I love it. I'm uh, I got got a couple things coming out with TWSN this week. I got an article with player profiler coming up. I do it's a podcast with the fancy face uh fancy football face off network in the week, and then I'll be back here next Sunday as well talking with you guys. So thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend.